Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is episode 156 of One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for downloading. Thank you for subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting, sharing with a friend. Thank you to everybody listening on Google Play and iTunes and the SXM app, Stitcher, Podbean, tuned in. Appreciate each and every single one of you. We've got a fast and furious show today. I don't know if it'll be fast because, let's face it, I'm going to launch into a bunch of haymakers and things that have been on my mind over the last week or so. But thank you for downloading the show. Thank you for making this part of your regular occurrence. Again, share with friends. Talk about it. Uh, it's free. We want to keep this show free for as long as humanly possible. So, you know, your support helps a great deal going that far. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome to it. My name is Jeff Mans. You will find me. You'll hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a little program called Elite Sports on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Also part owner and chief content officer of FantasyGuru.com. Yes, for now and for the rest of the year and for the season and for coming years. I'll talk more about that later for those who caught my little dig last week on the SiriusXM show. I'll dive into that. But remember, right now, VIP Platinums, that means you get every single thing that I do, every single thing that our staff does over at FantasyGuru.com. That includes seasonal fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports, betting on sports, data, media which is live streams and podcasts and live shows and discord and all of our discord programming and all of our lineup optimizers all of our projections all of our draft guides all of our horse racing and mma and pga and nhl and nba and every sport that there is in the world soccer it's all there on fantasyguru.com and you get every single bit of it if you're a VIP Platinum, and we got about, I will say by this time next week, that offer is going to be off the table. So right now, before the draft guide launches here in a few weeks, the football draft guide, they are discounting VIP Platinums. It's a little sneaky way for you to get in, 50% off. Use the promo code PLAT50, P-L-A-T-5-0, and you get 50% off that VIP Platinum subscription. That way you don't have to worry about it because our prices are going up for the draft guide and for DFS and for betting on the NFL this coming year, product of the environment. I'll talk more about that here in a few moments as well. So, you know, get in now. This is your opportunity. That way, when I add our coverage maps that I'm doing for wide receivers versus certain types of coverage, corners, safeties, Nickel corners, dime coverages in the NFL. You guys don't have to say, oh, why is that extra? It's just all is encompassing, and I don't have to worry about it either. So get over there and use that Plat 50 promo code for 50% off. If you want to credit, if you already are a member of FantasyGuru.com, just hit us up on email, support at FantasyGuru.com. Also, if you're on the site, fantasyguru.com lower left-hand corner there's a little question mark a little help button that can get you into our support system as well so get over there with that my name is Jeff Mans. of course you follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter the Jeff Mans, all one word everywhere else Facebook Instagram Snapchat and on TikTok I am solo today although We've got some guests lined up in the days and weeks ahead. I'm going to go at this one solo on this episode. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm in the I'm in an NFL state of mind. I'm in an NFL mode right now. Still crushing it with baseball bets, still crushing it in NBA bets. Eastern Western Conference final in the NBA 2 and 0 right now as we stand in those bets. So excited about the way the NBA is going. And if you haven't paid attention or if you only followed my bets in the first two weeks of the Major League Baseball season, well, I'm no longer terrible. Oh, by the way, this is an uncensored podcast. This means I will say all the dirty words. I will say curse words. I will talk about politics and race and religion 
and every other fucking thing that I want because that's we're grownups on this podcast, on this show. Uh, do family radio five, six days a week. This is not for the faint of heart. If you don't like talking honestly about topics that are sensitive to you, if you're a little baby back, then uh, then this show isn't for you. Go listen to something else. That's my advice for you. So for the rest of us adults here, it will be uncensored as it always is on this show. So that is what's going on there. I got a lot to talk about, man. There's a lot in my head, a lot on my mind. I suppose I will start out. Let me talk about a couple things. I'm not going to get into Major League Baseball and cheating and all that bullshit. I've done that a lot on the show this week. I could tell you guys are kind of getting sick of it at this point. I don't blame you. I'm fucking exhausted talking about it. Why is Aaron Judge looking in the dugout? Why is Alex Cobb? wiping his sweat in his hand and then going to his belt and then his pant leg. Why is Domingo Herman have brown stains all over his pants looking like he shit himself? I don't know. It's exhausting to me to follow it, and I don't know why baseball has this problem. I don't know why other sports have the problem too, right? I know personally that I'm sick and tired of the this generation of sports stars not playing. I watched the L.A. Lakers last 50 seconds of a game they had they were down five points and rested their stars 50 seconds you can't play 50 seconds of basketball try to win game one of the western conference finals like what what the fuck are we doing here what are we doing right now with this why do you need a day off all the time why alex cobb they say oh he was just exhausted because he pitched he threw 50 pitches and he's sweating like a nun in church. Why is he doing that? Why is he so out of shape? Why can't athletes perform their jobs anymore? Why can't any of us perform our jobs anymore? Right? I mean, seriously, I've seen it. I've seen it at fantasyguru.com, owning the business for as long as I have. I mean, I, I watch it. I see people that fall off cliffs as far as their work ethic is concerned. I don't understand it. Some of it's entitlement. I don't want to hear it's all young people either. I think that's bullshit, right? I think it's bullshit when we say, oh, it's a young, it's just the way they are. No, it's not. Not all young people. There's a lot of, there's, it's fucking 40-year-olds. People my age, 50-year-olds, they're lazy fucks too. There's young, there's old, there's experienced athletes, there's rookies, there's all kinds that are doing it. The problem is the environment. The problem is that it's allowed. Problem is you get away with it. Why do you need extra time to sit on the bench? It's game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals, the Celtics and the 76ers. You would have thought Joel Embiid had just hiked up Mount Kilimanjaro. Like, <laughs> you're supposed you're the MVP of the league, too. Why are you so worn out? It's hard. Big fucking deal. Of course it's hard. Life is hard. Everything's hard. Nothing's easy. Is it? I want to ask all of you a question. Is it easy for you to get up, go to work in the morning or at night or whenever your shift is or whenever you're working? Is it easy to get limited days off and vacation time and more and more pressure on you for the same or less pay? Is it easy? No, it's not easy, but you got to do it. Responsibilities. That's how an ecosystem works. That's how our culture works. If everybody decides that it's just too hard, <laughs> it's too too much work, then what the f who's going to do the fucking work? What are we going to do? Are we all going to be scumbags? Just dirty because we can't bathe ourselves? Yards unkept because we can't do it ourselves? Nothing built? We don't build anything in this country anymore anyway. When's the last thing built? Our bridges are shit. Our roads are shit. Like, what is happening? It's not the fucking young people. My generation is just as at fault, if not more so, quite honestly. So anyway, um, it's the modern athlete, something I'm getting sick of. I'm not going to go into all the cheating stuff there, although I'll say this about the cheating scandal. And I think this goes hand in hand with something I'm experiencing at the old man's estate these days and something I've talked about on this show and the elite sports show in the past. And and that is we all need an, to have an understanding Right. The understanding you have to have is that there is no privacy. Do you all get that? Those of you listening, are you guys, do you guys understand? 
nothing you do is private anymore. No, your cell phone's taking pictures or, or has a great visual of your dick. Even when you don't hit the camera button, like everybody sees everything. If, if you're taking a shit, everything's seen. You need to, you have to understand that. I'm not exaggerating. This is the truth. If you don't think you are, you're a dumb fuck. You're a literal dumb fuck. Seriously. I don't care how old you are. There's no excuse to not know this information other than you just don't pay attention. You don't have to send a message for it to record you. Everything you do is recorded. You can't, deleting a text message doesn't delete the text message. It deletes it from your device. But if you have iPhone or even Android and a link, you have, it goes to other devices. If you have a Sprint or T-Mobile or Verizon or some cell phone connection, they have records of everything you've ever done. Um, if you are still on your parents' plan or whoever's paying the bill, pretty good example of that person has access to every message you ever sent. Every message, every picture, everything. I tell my kids this all the time, and they still don't really get it. Every one of us is on camera all the time. How many of you have a ring doorbell? Yeah, a lot of you. How many of you have a different version of a ring doorbell? How many of you have a security system? Cameras on the side yards, cameras on the front porch, cameras in the backyard. You have backup cameras on your car? Huh? Your car, every car has GPS. Every car has GPS built in. You know where the cars are at. Just in case you want to hook up to their service sometime. You don't have to have the service. They still know where the fuck you are. They'll still, they can still find you and your automobile. Your cell phone has GPS built in. doesn't matter you turn, find my iPhone off. It's still there. It doesn't fucking work, dummies. It doesn't work. Your phone doesn't work unless it's pinging off of a, a tower. The tower records who's in its vicinity. Every criminal case in the last 20 years is solved by a fucking cell phone data messages. But the dumb fucks always say, hey, I'm going to delete the message. I delete the message. It's not on. Look at my phone. And then three seconds later, the, you know, the hack PC or IT guy at the police station Mouthful of donut just cracks your phone. Like, yeah, you sent like all these messages and you admit to all the crimes. Like it's right there. It's not hard to do. It's not rocket science. Your car's recording where you're going. Your phone's recording where you go. We all see cars and people pass by our cameras on our houses. The towers are recording. Every storefront these days has a camera system. They're recording. We have red light. Can't you think it's just for red lights? Are you that fucking stupid? It's not just for red lights. They record who what cars go past. They go, oh, what time? Oh, I think they were, they passed, you know, um, Main Street at between 5 and 5.30. Go pull the cameras from, oh, yeah, it's a red Nissan. Yeah, boom, gotcha. You're right there. Everything's tracked. You don't have privacy, man. Baseball players, Aaron Judge thinks he could just look in the fucking dugout. The dugout thinks they're flashing signs and it's normal. Yeah, in 1996, 2004, maybe. It's 2023. We see everything you do. We have ultra zoom HD Aaron Judge looking into the dugout, then looking back out and hitting a home run like he knew it was coming. Yeah, we know you have it. Yeah, we know you got brown shit all over your pants. Yes, Max Scherzer, we know you've got some foreign substance in your glove. How is it possible that you're so stupid you don't know we're seeing this? We are watching you in real time cheat. It's mesmerizing. So, folks, here's the Jeff Mann's, Pappy Mann's little tip for all of you out there that hate this and you want to rise up and you want to blame the government or you want to blame whoever the fuck, my information, my, my privacy. Don't fucking do anything you're not supposed to do. Oh, what, what an amazing fucking thing that is. What an amazing way to live your life. Just don't, you know, commit crimes. Don't break the law, right? Don't give people a reason to investigate you. 
I don't think if any of us are invest if any of us are investigated, we're really going to love the fact, you know, anything that's brought out against us, will we? Right? I live a pretty open life. I'm on an open microphone the majority of my life. I've got five people in my house at all times, all of which judge me. I've got extended family constantly wanting to be in contact, business associates and partners, social media. Yet I've got my secrets. Took like six dumps yesterday, like six of them. I think I went through a whole roll of toilet paper. I don't know what happened. Stomach's just fucked up. I've had family trouble, as you guys have known. Daughter's going through some real issues with an ex-boyfriend. Like serious, terrible issues. I've gained copious amounts of weight over the last two years. Like I used to weigh about 210, 215 pounds. I ballooned up to like 235. Right? I'm getting older. I got weird shit growing like on my chin. I don't know what it is. Just a, It's like, yeah, you just have a lump now. Right? This is what... This is what it is. I go out walking, trying to stay. I sweat like a banshee, right? Got the old pit stains going. I'm sure there's plenty of cameras in and around my city and my neighborhood and where I walk and the uh, um, different trails and hiking paths that I go to that see me pitting out. That's what it is. Family, I'm sure there's problems there. I had a whole meltdown the other day. Scream! I'm sure my neighbors could hear me screaming at the kids. Right? Wouldn't be flattering. Oh, Jeff Mans, Sirius XM Sports blew up at his kids. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. Business, my business, fantasyguru.com. I've been a, a very, very straightforward with this. Had a massive fight with the owner's part owners because I'm part owner as well, but the the finance company that oversees uh, our business, right? Massive fight with that. Some of you caught me the other day on Sirius XM. I said, you find my info at fantasyguru.com for now because I was dead fucking serious. Dead fucking serious. My CEO, Rob Brink, knows. The investment guys know. They all know. I said, I'll walk ease. I'm, I'm out. I will walk. I will quit right now. That's it. This is, I'm not going to be an, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not trying to ruin the business or hurt any of our customers. The customers are all that matter to me, quite frankly. Customers and my coworkers. But we had to cut a sizable portion of our staff. Had to do layoffs. That's humbling. That's embarrassing. Not something I wanted to do. I love those guys. They work their asses off for us. Right? And, you know, I take my share of the blame. We didn't produce the numbers we needed to. Thought that the finance company was, it had our back and that, oh, yeah, if we have a bad month, it's fine. Turns out, no, nope, that wasn't the case. That's And that's not the case. So, whoops. Okay, we fucked up. Who do I blame? I sit here and blame the finance company. Well, if we didn't make the number and we kept having to reach out for them to, you know, because we didn't charge enough, we didn't run our business properly and we needed more money. Is that fair to them? No, it's not. Is it fair to the employees that didn't see this coming? No, it's not fair. It's not fair. Life ain't fucking fair. Not fair. Nothing's but it's it's there and it happens and a lot of you guys asking in discord and uh, what's going on I, I think it, i know that i owe it to everybody to explain these kinds of things and to live out in the open i'm not afraid of being on camera i know what i am i have no false interpretations i'm not best looking guy i don't have a great physique right now i'm wealthy but not extraordinarily rich right i mean it is what it is I think we all need to be more comfortable in our own skin and not trying to pretend to be something and not pretending we're not doing something. Every time my wife leaves, like this is a funny thing that would be on camera. I'm trying to think of like embarrassing things that I could be caught on camera. Every time my wife, my wife goes out once or twice a week with her mom and her sister or my daughters or they do a lunch or a brunch or a craft show or do something every single time. 
I go out and get fast food, like a big fat slob. So I love it. Love myself some Portillo's, Wendy's, McDonald's, fucking hamburgers, hot dogs, beef sandwiches, sub sandwiches. I love it. I love it so much. Every time I'll go, I bet you they have me on a Wendy's drive through the big fucking grin. <laughs> I'm like Ronald McDonald driving through a fucking drive through like a big shit in a grin. Eat, get two cheeseburgers and large fry, scarfing them down like a, like a hippopotamus, right? That's the truth. Find me on camera doing it. Not supposed to. Well, my wife tries to keep me in better shape, I'm sure. She makes me lunches a lot of times. And she's not around. I go rogue. That's what I'm doing. All right. Not the most flattering thing. But, the you know, if you're okay with that, okay with who you are, which you all should be. We all should be. We're a lot better than we give each other credit for. It's this image of social media that we think we all have to be perfect. We all have to pretend to be something we're not. I did it for a long time, by the way. I'm not like, it's not like I had this view at 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, even. something over the last couple of years. I've just sort of resigned to your fate. I'm just resigned to it. This is what it is. I don't think I have anything to be ashamed of, right? Or I do, and the things I have to be ashamed of, I am, and I will be outwardly ashamed. But it's a much happier way to live that way. Um, Back to the business stuff. So, yeah, it was heartbreaking with Fancy Guru. I am going to stay a Fancy Guru. And um, I had a long talk with those guys. It was only like a week ago. The late night call like three hours going through with the investors and our CEO and everything and just saying this is what we want and you know what and I'll tell you guys what exactly I said I said I need our people to be supported but I also need to draw a paycheck right like we need to do that the business is great our customers are fantastic we have a great membership base a great group of clientele and a group of people that love to work with our customers and help our customers and educate and inform and engage, entertain and help them win, which is ultimately that's the whole key. What we do at fantasyguru.com is we give you the tools, the know-how and the direct access to winning seasonal daily betting, right? And we do it a number of different ways. Some people are, are audible learners, some are visual learners, some are numbers-based learners, some want automation, AI, we have that. Optimizers, we have that. Tools, we got that. Some need it to be explained and chatted and discussed. We have that. We have every path covered for the type of people that are subscribing to us and use us. And ideally, your investment in us is free. Should be free for everybody. It's just a cut of your winnings. You should be winning. And, you know, for some, maybe you didn't have a good year. Maybe it didn't translate, but you, the membership is part of building toward that end, toward that end. Once you're, once you've turned the key the faucet on, you will make money betting on sports, playing DFS, playing seasonal, or, or if your currency is just fun and you're in fun leagues, well, you're going to have fun because you're going to compete at the highest level. You're going to win championships, right? That stuff is important. Whatever it is you're in for, and that's the business. Our business is good. But I want to be able to do this business and run this business with people that I like. And people, and the people that I like, I don't have to agree with, by the way. Um, it's people that I know have the customer's best interest at heart, that have our foundation at heart, that have the fantasyguru.com ideals. We've been in business for 40 years. Almost 40 years, by the way. All right. So 30 years. I'm sorry. 30 years. I mean, that's a long time. It's the longest running company in any of fantasy sports. All right. And we have a certain level to live up to and to adhere to and expectations. I welcome them. I raise them up. I want them higher. I want to be able to jump over that bar. But we're not going to get there taking the shortcuts. We're not going to get there by us on the inside playing tug of war over power. 
That's what we had when we were Guru Elite. Not only that, we had people stealing from the company. I won't say who. I think people realize, like, guy who formerly had access to the money at Fantasy Guru stole millions of dollars from it. It's true. It's very true. Stole hundreds of thousands of dollars out of my own bank account. Or I'm sorry, not bank account. That's not fair. Out of, uh, from me, they just lied about the numbers and the bonuses I was supposed to get. Uh, I never received because they put everything in their name, houses, cars, maid services, meal deliveries, escorts, literally prostitution. I mean, it's fucking nuts. That's why we had to get the investment company to oversee it. And we're in much better hands now than we ever were. And we do have a good financial plan. We do have a really well-run business. And for those curious on the inside of a fantasy company, um, we don't get rich doing this. I make a good living. I make what most people would say is a lot of money. Okay. Um, not going to shy away from that. But it's not, I don't make 10% of what the company brings in. I've, I make less money now than I did seven years ago. That's a fact. Reason one of the reasons is I've taken a lot of pay cuts along the way or foregone salary at times like the pandemic and like recently in order to help the rest of the staff out, those who don't make, because most of us don't make a lot of money. I didn't make a lot of money. I was in this industry for well over 12 years without making a full-time wage. I was making under $20,000 a year doing this. It's only in the last few years that I've actually elevated to a high level now. But let me ask you guys a question. Those who are interested in the fantasy sports industry, because here's something that I think even our, our staff is surprised about. Okay. How much money do you think it costs to run a business like fantasyguru.com? And when I say cost to run the business, I mean the business expenses. What I mean by that, like the server space, the licenses for logos and design and pictures and the data. Oh, my fucking God. I guarantee you guys won't guess the prices of the data alone for things like optimizers and stats and box scores and schedule like all this shit is a date like there's so much money to data just to get feeds and just to get just to get numbers next to names player stats team stats dfs ownership and you know all that stuff how much do you think it costs you're going to be way low costs just under a million dollars a year to do that. That's before we pay one person. Just to have a company the size that we have with the vo- amount of traffic that we have, with the licenses. And we, we're not even that slick and elegant. We're not really kind of, I'm sure some of you say, oh, your site sucks. Good information, but the site design or something sucks. And I, I mean, I don't think it sucks, but I think it's not the sleekest, well-designed cost a million dollars. That's a shit ton of money. Remember, we get transaction fees. Every transaction has a fee. You have to pay tax. Now, this is another thing that our former owners would never do. Pay taxes. Be legal. That's a problem. June, I've been in this fantasy industry for 18 years now. And do you know how many of them were running hot, running well for two, three, four, some five years before, oh shit, what? I have to pay taxes on the business? Oh shit. And they're gone, completely fucking under. I, I still am owed money by the World Championship of Fantasy Football from 15 years ago, 14, 13 years ago, whatever. 2008, that's 15 years. Holy shit. I'm still owed money. I mean, they'll, it's all because they went bankrupt because they couldn't get that situation. They couldn't figure out what to pay and pay taxes. Business licenses, being licensed in every state to provide betting information. Do you think 
every site has that? No, they don't. Do you think, I'm sure some of you, oh, I could just throw up a website and it'd be, yeah, you can. But I, I wonder how much, how many folks realize what kind of risk there's, you know, this whole thing going on with DFS sites right now, or one of the DFS sites broke up, the two partners broke up. So they started another one and stuff. And they threw up a site like in a couple of weeks. Do you think they're licensed and bonded, regulated, accredited? No. So, I mean, you can do that, but, you know, they could just take your money and do whatever the fuck they want with it. It's not real. It's not life. It's not, that's, they could take your subscription money and just do whatever the fuck they want. Run away with it. Go to buy a house in Tahiti. That ain't a way to trust you. That ain't, that ain't a way to endear yourself to customers. That's not a way any customer should ever trust people. Just a bunch of degenerates. You know what they do, a lot of these companies, is they take subscription money to, to fuel their DFS play. That's what they do. I saw it here. Do you know how do you realize we get paid once a month, right? In at our company and stuff. Do you know that when I was running the show at Guru Elite? That as we got to the end of the month, how many of those fucks were dead broke? And when I say dead broke, I'm talking they couldn't eat. They had no money. They were claiming to be the best DFS players on earth. And then they would need an advance on their salary from the business in order to play DFS. Some of them, sometimes they needed to, because they needed an advance to pay their fucking rent on their one bedroom apartment. Kind of, I mean, these are the people that are out there pretending to be businessmen and pretending to be analysts and pretending to be professionals. Scary shit, right? And they live a life in which all it's going to ever take is somebody to want to investigate them. And they will, whether it's the IRS, the government, customers, better business bureau, whatever it is, they steal data, they scrape data, you know, that's that's a big thing for, you know, sites that do that. They scrape meaning they'll just go in and char the code and they'll take the data away from somebody else who's trying to earn a living. Ultimately, that shit's bad for the customers. And that's not what we do at Fantasy Guru. So it costs a lot to run the business. But at the same time, there's also a lot of things and ways to treat people and treat customers that I will not back down from. I'll never back down again from it. Because during those Guru Elite years, I think there's a lot of times that I had to put blinders on and just pretend like everything was okay, but it wasn't okay. It made me very uncomfortable. I didn't like it, but I, I wasn't strong enough to stand up and say, nah, fuck this, fuck you and fuck this. Right. I wasn't strong enough at that time, but I'm strong enough now. And I got a big enough name that whatever, you know, if I'm not a fancy guru, I think that you guys enough of you would follow my work. I think you understand that I love doing this and providing for you and love doing it for you guys. And that we have an understanding there over those. Some of you've been with me 18 freaking years. And if not, I get it. Something newer, shinier, you know, whatever flashier, maybe that you think will help you out more. And that's fine. Totally fair. But I ain't going anywhere. I have an agreement and understanding with everybody. Uh, it was never about money, just so you're aware. Never a se- never one minute, not a sentence I about I should get more money or any of that. In fact, less money. I mean, I am making less money the rest of this year than I would have been the previous year and five years from now. That's the way it goes. But I love our staff. I love our customers. And I'm not going to bellyache about it. We have a job to do. Fucking winning. Fucking fantasy football draft guide. We have two weeks away. and We've got a ton of new shit, ton of new ideas and plans for you guys and great content and coaching breakdowns to do and offensive lines and shit nobody else even thinks about that we have on tap for you over there. So yeah, 
that's transparency. There's no privacy. Don't give people a reason to investigate you. If you do that, they're going to find everything, all your skeletons. And if your skeletons are bad, if you know you're not supposed to steal from that cookie jar or take from that cookie jar, and the cookie jar could be actual cookies, it could be financial, it could be money and sex or drugs or whatever it is, whatever you're doing, they'll fucking find you. So that's the modern age. And my advice, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. I think that's it. Just don't lie. There's no real reason to lie. If you're lying to let somebody down easy or to help their emotions or feelings, I get that. I get that. But if you're lying to deceive and and if you're lying to steal or cheat or something else, eh, you got bigger problems. You want to cheat on your old lady or your, your husband or whatever, just fucking break up. Just break up. So much easier. Just cut the assets. Go be fun. You know, go have fun. Go do your thing, but you know, be honest with each other. You don't have to fucking crush people. Oh, they took away 10 years of my life. So what? You took away 10 years of theirs. Ever look at it at that side? Like, go just do your thing, man. You know, you only get one, one chance at this life. You know, and that doesn't mean you should go break glass and start crash smashing and grabbing and stealing every fucking thing you can just enjoy yourself that's not going to make you enjoy yourself either so just don't do it no privacy boom uh i want to talk about winners and losers this offseason nfl offseason talk yes i will get the football i know you guys are sick of me belly aching about the world in general everything but i want to talk about the biggest winners and losers this nfl offseason um, let's do it like by position. All right. I just want to talk about, and I'll never get to all of them, but I want to talk about sort of the indirect winners and losers across from fantasy standpoint, NFL standpoint, and all of that. Uh, start out with teams, 32 NFL teams, you know, big winners this NFL offseason. I think the biggest team win is the Denver Broncos. I've been very vocal on this too. The Broncos didn't have a player problem. They didn't have a performance problem, right? That's something we are dreaming up because they had a shitty season. They had a shitty season because they couldn't close. They were still 21st in yards. They were 19th in passing yards, 21st in rushing yards with their lead running back out for the season, and they cut a running back. They let Melvin Gordon go, by the way. They really weren't that bad, but they were dead last in points scored, tied for last, because they had no coaching. That head coach is the worst thing we've ever seen. Now you bring in one of the best, possibly one of the all-time best, Sean Payton, and an entire staff that knows what they're doing. The Denver Broncos are a huge win. Everybody on that team is a winner. Indirectly, Russell Wilson, Russ, uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, everybody's a winner in this offseason for the Broncos. Oh, and they improved two-fifths of their offensive line as well, getting Ben Powers at left guard and uh, Mike McGlinchey, former 49ers, right tackle to play the right side. Right tackle. Outstanding. So that's a huge win Right, that's a huge win. Um, losers, as far as the teams are concerned, the Jets too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. The Jets aren't losers. I'm just, you know who's a, you know what is a, a big loser? New England Patriots. What the fuck did they do? What did the Patriots do this offseason? and why, why or why not? <laughs> you know, it's easy for me to talk about some teams that are in the doldrums. The Tennessee Titans are a disaster. They've lost this offseason. Tampa Bay lost Tom Brady, so they're losers. They're rebuilding. Washington Commanders are spiraling out of control, right? They're like tanking, trying to get first pick next year, the Caleb Williams Drake made Derby. But the Patriots are, they aren't. What did they, what did they do? They had nobody. They got a great, 
real lucky first round draft pick in Christian Gonzalez. It's a huge get for them. What else? That's it. They didn't do anything else to upgrade this team, offensively or defensively. Juju Smith-Schuster, mild upgrade. They don't really have an answer at quarterback. They'll be okay. This is going to be a seven to nine win team because Bill Belichick's a great coach. Will in-game or pre-game and in-game strategize enough. It's good that they got Bill O'Brien, but the, I think the Patriots biggest losers really when it comes to team-wise this NFL offseason, right? I mentioned the other teams. I mean, we know Titans are going to be one of the worst teams. Very confident in that. Um, Colts are halfway between a bill uh, building back up and a re and a complete and utter tear down. They didn't tear it down. The Cardinals didn't do much this offseason either, but I think the Patriots are even better. Um, other winners, Miami, Vic Fangio and Jalen Ramsey. And a healthy Tua Tonga Vailoa. Wow. It's pretty good. Pretty freaking good. They're a big winner this offseason. The Lions revamped their secondary. Could have been better with Detroit. Could have been better, but, you know, it's... I didn't like the... Jameer Gibbs was fine, but you got you had DeAndre Swift, same freaking thing. I don't think that's... Detroit's a minor upgrade, but not a huge winner there. Let's look at specifics. Let's look at quarterback. Which quarterbacks won and lost this offseason? Um, you know, obvious, the obvious answer is Jordan Love. Gets a takeover for Aaron Rodgers. He learned behind him for three seasons. Now gets to take over a team that has done very well offensively. Rodgers didn't put up flamboyant numbers any of the last three years, despite winning 13 games, two of those three, before last year's met uh, letdown. But Jordan Love's got a stable of weapons. He's got the great backfield and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. There's some real weaponry here in Green Bay. All right, now, will M Matt LaFleur be able to Pull it all together. Will Matt LaFleur, Kenny be a genius, or was it all Aaron Rodgers? I'll tell you right now, if Green Bay goes on and wins that division or they win 10 or more games, then not only did Aaron Rodgers not deserve the MVP two and three years ago, but he was holding the Packers back, quite honestly, because this is lesser of a team. And Rodgers left and took his guys with them. Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. All right, show us something. He's a big winner this offseason. Um, obviously, Russell Wilson's a big winner this offseason as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson got his money. Jalen Hurts got his money. So those are some easy winners there as well. Um, let's say Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr's under the radar winner. Right, got kicked out of Las Vegas got to kind of choose where he went, had sort of, you know, got to tour different areas and different teams and front offices. But this is, the, the Saints aren't that far gone. The Saints have a good system, tried and true offense and Pete Carmichael. They've got a good offensive line, always have a good offensive line, which is what Sean Payton's trying to bring to Denver. They got some weaponry. He's going to have Michael Thomas back. He's got Chris Olave. Alvin Kamara, when he's healthy, they go get Jamal Williams to help with that as well. So, like, their cars, this is a place, if you win in New Orleans, they're going to love you forever. They will love you forever in New Orleans. That is a, I feel like it's a good fit of organization and player. Derek Carr is not the best quarterback in the league. But for whatever reason, the Raiders are only, in, Raiders are star fuckers. Jimmy Garoppolo is not an upgrade from Derek Carr. He's not. He's handsomer. Thus, he'll bring some more ladies and maybe more attention. More, He's got more if flash, I guess. He's not better than Derek Carr. 
New Orleans is a place they could go and just be, and he could just perform and do well. Um, losers at the quarterback position this NFL offseason. Huh, uh, <laughs> Trey Lance. What happened to Trey Lance? Trey Lance was the 49ers heir apparent. He is the guy that everyone in the Vikings Classic, where I have the championship belts laying on my desk over here, uh, they spent $17 to get Trey Lance last year and let Patrick Mahomes go for 10 to me. So why is everybody so down on Trey Lance? Brock Purdy's not going to be ready for the start of the season. But the 49ers go out and get Sam Darnold, which pretty much paints the picture that they're not happy with him. Not to mention, whoever starts for the 49ers, quarterbacks, well, you're going to have to feed Christian McCaffrey, and you have a defunct offensive line. This offensive line is nowhere near what it was three years ago or two years ago. Lakin Tomlinson gone, Mike McGlinchey gone, Alex Mack gone. Everybody's gone. You've got an aging uh, left tackle. Williams, what's his name? Why am I, I don't know why. Trent Williams, right? Yeah, Trent Williams. That's it. That's, that's a revamped offensive line. So I don't, I think Trey Lance is a guy who's a big loser. Like if you can't, you can't even get the starting job here. Like, holy shit, man. You got some real freaking problems. Um, Other losers, I think Ryan Tannehill. It's just so obvious. They didn't really give him any weapons. They had one good offensive lineman they brought in, but not nearly enough. And you bring in Will Levis a year after he brought in Malik Willis. It's like, what else do you have to do to show you're not interested in this quarterback? And he's not your long-term answer. No question. This is the end of the road. 2020 is the end of the road for Ryan Tannehill. So another big loser. Uh, winners at the running back position. Let's look at that. Well, uh, should I take the layup? Sometimes you just got to shoot the the easy ones, don't you? B. John Robinson, you don't know what you're going to get coming into the league, but going into one of the most heavy run games in the NFL with an improving offensive line, uh, McGeary re-signed this offseason for Atlanta. It's a tremendous situation. He's going to get every opportunity as one of the greatest running back prospects of all time, he's going to get an opportunity to be to set a Hall of Fame pace right out of the right out of the gate. So huge win there, Joe Mixon. Huge win there. Only a fifth round Chase Brown. He was brought into Cincinnati, not really a threat to Joe Mixon. He gets at least another a year reprieve, despite off the field trouble, despite the Bengals flirting with making him a cap casualty. That's a big winner. Um, I guess Devin A-Chain is a winner in Miami because with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, there's a pretty easy path to workload for a third-round pick. He was drafted a round or two higher than he should have been. So that's a win. I think DeAndre Swift gets a win. I really do. Going to Philadelphia behind that offensive line. Detroit was a good situation, too. Don't get me wrong. But kind of put on notice in a situation where they don't have anybody to lead. Swift is set up for success. It could have been a monumental loss for DeAndre Swift. Turned out to be a huge, huge win. Players that took hits, losers at the running back position. Uh, I'll tell you, it appears as though... Um, Dalvin Cook is on his way out of Minnesota. There's a lot of people, a lot of speculation saying he's a post-June 1st casualty. They draft Dwayne McBride. Remember, Dwayne McBride, he was a seventh-round pick, but so was Isaiah Pacheco a year ago. It's a guy from University of Alabama, Birmingham, that is an electric runner, averaged nearly seven yards per carry. His problem was fumbling, and I addressed this in our player profiles over at fantasyguru.com and all the running back breakdowns that I did, his fumbling problem wasn't a getting hit, getting the ball stripped problem. It was a strict ball handling problem from him. This is an easily correctable situation. 
you put that on top with the resigning of Alexander Madison last year, Ty Chandler being fifth round pick. And I just think Dalvin cook is, I mean, I don't even know if he gets another year. Austin Eckler, big loser from the offseason. No more Joe Lombardi. He's in Denver with Sean Payton. Instead, you get Kellen Moore, likes rotating backs, doesn't love throwing to the backs as much. Eckler is a huge loser this offseason, devalued. Um, other losers this offseason, I, I think, like, I mean, a winner slash loser is Khalil Herbert. Cleo Herbert, after Montgomery was not going to be re-signed, was the heir apparent, but they signed Deontay Foreman and draft Roshan Johnson in the fourth round. They also signed Travis Homer. Competent, he's still the lead back in Chicago right now, but it ain't nearly as rosy as we saw. Zach Charbonnet. Oh, this one's frustrating, man. Zach Charbonnet went to the Rams in the second round. I would have a near first round grade on him. He would be a second round fantasy football pick. Now he's off the board entirely. He's a handcuff to Kenneth Walker, the third in Seattle, terrible landing spot. Now Charbonnet is an extremely good talent, but so is Kenneth Walker. Good for the Seahawks, bad for fantasy, thus losers for all of us. Uh, wide receivers, the big winners from this NFL offseason. A couple of players that are you know better improving their position. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to go chalk here. I will say this. Let me, Garrett Wilson. Let's address the Garrett Wilson situation as I see it here in the middle of May. I do not think he's a winner from the offseason. They brought in Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman, Randall Cobb, and they kept Corey Davis and say they won't cut him. Aaron Rodgers is not. They have a good Jets have a real good offense line and a tremendous running game. Brees Hall, Israel Abanacanda, fantastic second running back. In case Hall goes down again or needs is slow to recover, this isn't going to be an offense that feeds three wide receivers. I don't think Garrett, I'm not touching Garrett Wilson. So he is not a winner in this. He improves position because he's got a much better quarterback. He loses it because they signed a half a dozen other wide receivers. Okay. So. That's my belief there. Um, Low-key, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore from the, gets traded from the Jets. They didn't like him. He's going to be the slot guy in Cleveland. This Cleveland passing offense is going to be better than anybody realizes. I love Cedric Tillman. I wish I could tell you Cedric Tillman, but he's going to be behind Amari Cooper and Pete, Donovan Peoples-Jones at least for a year. But Elijah Moore is going to be on the field a lot more. He's going to be able to produce. I think that's a good win for him. I really do. I think it's a very good win, quite honestly. Uh, other wins this offseason, obviously Calvin Ridley being reinstated. <laughs> Ridley, he gets that. He gets his double zero number. He gets Trevor Lawrence in his third year. I, I think that's all just wins, wins, wins. I think that... Another winner is Rasheed Rice, rookie at SMU. The Chiefs draft him in the second round. They play, paid a significant price to get him. He's got size, speed, after the catchability. He's the best receiver probably on the Chiefs right now. Kadarius Toney will be a player that will be the – he'll be the first Chief receiver off the board in fantasy, and, and rightfully so, however – we all know how brittle he is. We all know he's going to break down. The guy can't stay healthy. I think Rasheed Rice slides into that spot. He could be an instant producer. And if not, in Dynasty Leagues, you got to get him. I have him fourth overall in Dynasty out of rookies this year. He's my 1.4 pick. And I'm extraordinarily happy about it. Paris Campbell, great win this offseason. Going from Indianapolis now to New York. 
Now, the only problem in New York is they have nothing but slot wide receivers, but they paid Paris Campbell good money to play on the interior. Paris Campbell's a good talent. He is a real good talent. He flashed even with shitty quarterback play down the stretch last season in Indianapolis. But I think he's set up for success. I think Jalen Hyatt's in a good spot to succeed. I think he beats out Isaiah Hodgins. And I think Hyatt's the outside receiver, one of the outside receivers for, with Darius Slayton, who was also resigned for the Giants this offseason. So I think he gets, they get a huge increase as well. Brandon Cook's going to the Cowboys. Good win for him. You know, he always seems to fall in positive situations. Last year, notwithstanding. But Cook's always just hangs around somehow, doesn't he? Marvin Jones, speaking of hanging around, who's going to catch the football in Detroit? Amon Ross St. Brown. Who else? There ain't nobody. Jamison Williams suspended for six games like a fucking idiot. Josh Reynolds? He's got a good relationship with Jared Goff, but... That's it. Marvin Jones stepped in to a nice situation, re-stepped into a nice situation in a place that he's familiar with in Detroit. Jordan Addison is a should not have been a first round pick, but he did step in a good situation. I'm very hesitant on Addison myself, but he's a big winner. You get drafted in the first round, a round ahead of where you should have gone. You get to Minnesota in a comfortable environment, established quarterback, and you have Justin Jefferson, the number one receiver in the entire league on the outside, to draw coverage away from you. That's a tremendous way to grow up in the league. So I think he gets a big win out there as well. I mentioned Chris Olave. I think he gets a big win for Derek Carr becoming his quarterback. I really do. Um, Van Jefferson, a big win for the Rams, getting rid of Allen Robinson and not having anything but Cooper Cup coming back from a high ankle sprain surgery this offseason. So I think he's another one that won big in the landscape. I think the tight ends, I hate saying I think, by the way. I could hate when I say I think. I know I've said it 30 times on the podcast. You guys are probably all frustrated, and I don't blame you for it. I hear myself saying that. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up, right? I think, I think. Tight end winners and losers. Um, I mean, Evan Ingram being back at Jacksonville is a win. I, I think that's a a solid and a good environment. Dalton Schultz, I don't know if it's a win for him personally, but it's a huge win for fantasy going to Houston with C.J. Stroud and not a lot of receiving options there and a one-year deal. They're going to use him quite a bit in Houston. Remember, Bobby Slowick was the passing game coordinator of the 49ers last year. His Ben and Kyle Shanahan system, that's the system they're running in Houston. And those tight end drag routes that are critical, they have been, think about this, Brock Purdy, when he came in, okay, um, let's take back, Shut. forget everything. Let's think tight ends. Do you, any of you remember George Kittle's breakout season? Do you remember when that was and who that was with and all that? Right? Well, it was 2018. Do you remember who the quarterback was? Jimmy grew up. Nope. No, it was not. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. I believe it was his rookie season. Rookie Nick Mullins starting for the 49ers, just constantly peppering George Kittle. Kittle running after the catch. Well, what the fuck do I do that? What the fuck is that? What You know why? Inexperienced quarterback. Following year, they get to a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo. First year as starting quarterback. Kittle has a mon- another monster season. 85 catches, 1,000 yards. Right? Then... By this time, you know, you're evolving in the offense. Mullins, Garoppolo gets hurt again. Mullins comes back. Kittle's hurt for most of that year. Doesn't really do very much. Two years, fast forward two years, and quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo goes down again, and Brock Purdy rises to the challenge. Brock Purdy comes in, rookie quarterback, same age Mullins was, and who did he lean on down the stretch that season? He leaned on... George Kittle. 
Why? Because it's a staple of this offense. Because that's what they, that's what inexperienced quarterbacks are taught in this system. They the the tight end they tight end drag routes. It's very basic, but they mirror the quarterback. They quarterback has outside reads. All the tight end does is drag across those reads. As the quarterback is making the reads, the coverage, the tight end is a safety net underneath. And he's dragging around, which George Kittle is so physical and so fast that he, like, he at this point, is creating separation because he's a lot faster. And it's a fallback. And it's often a place that the inexperienced quarterback goes and then Kittle does work afterwards. That's exactly what we're going to see in Houston this year with C.J. Stroud and Dalton Schultz. I think Schultz knows that. That's why he went there on a one-year deal because he's going to put up good numbers and then get a bigger contract in the next offseason. So I think he is one of the biggest winners there as well. Um, you know, Darren Waller going to New York, they don't really have an alpha wide receiver. He's He could be that. They gave up enough to get him. So I guess he's a winner. Can he ever stay healthy, though? Really? Motherfucker, just stay healthy. Luke Musgrave. Now, the Packers, no more Robert Tunyon. He's in Chicago. They don't have um, Mercedes Lewis there anymore. So they had a need for a tight end, and they hit it in the second and the third round. They took Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State in the second round, and then Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State in the third round. Now, people are wondering, oh, which one? Luke Musgrave's the one you want for fantasy. Luke Musgrave, Bill Musgrave's nephew. This kid's really good. Could not stay healthy in college. I'm tempted to say that he was he's he wasn't really interested in college. He really wasn't, didn't want to play through pain. He knew his future was in the NFL. I think it's one of those players that are going to be a lot better NFL player than they are. And I think it'll be a good check down for Jordan Love as well. So Luke Musgrave, a big winner at the tight end position as well. Losers at the tight end position this offseason. Um, first and four, I mean, the no-brainer is Mark Andrews. No more Greg Roman offense. You've got a second year of Isaiah Likely. You're going to use an offense that uh, Todd Monken is going to use. Yes, he ran a lot of two tight end sets. My guy, Phil Backard, always wants to tell me that at the University of Georgia, though I will say that Brock Bowers is part of that. Um, we're, Mark Andrews will be a productive tight end, but it's not going to be Lamar Jackson's training wheels are off. He got the big contract. He got, got rid of the offense coordinator. He has to learn to throw to the outside. That's why the Ravens went out and got Odell fucking Beckham and you know Rashad Bateman is now back in um in Baltimore as well. Don't forget Rashad Bateman, they spent a first rounder on him. They spent another first rounder on the diminutive Zay Flowers this season. Beckham, Bateman, Flowers, Nelson Aguilar got brought in. All of this new offense. It's all bad. Not good for Mark Andrews. I think he's one of the losers at the tight end position. I I think I got him sixth, tight end sixth in my latest rankings over at fantasyguru.com. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. No other real big losers. Sam Laporta might be a winner in Detroit, but it's not going to be this year. Don't draft rookie tight ends. Expect them to produce in fantasy, folks. Don't. Just whatever you do, don't do that. Juwan Johnson, I think the signing of Foster, the people Moreau in New Orleans may hurt Juwan Johnson a little bit. That's sort of a low-key signing. They gave him a pretty decent deal and come back from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma too. So uh, all the best to Foster, the people Moreau. All right, folks, I think that's a good spot to wrap up this episode. We talked about a lot. I know I ranted and raved. And remember, you don't have privacy. Don't expect it. It's not the government spying on you. It's every. It's anybody who fucking wants to. It's your parents. It's your spouse. It's your friends. It's your boss. It's Verizon or your IT department. It is the fucking everybody with a ring doorbell. It's your neighbors. 
It is the businesses around your house. There is no privacy anymore. Don't do the shit that would embarrass yourself. And if you do stand up and say, yeah, I shit my pants twice last week. And I did it once at an Applebee's and I sat down to finish my meal. What do you think about that? Right? There you go. That's it. No privacy. Should name that up. I'll, maybe I'll name the episode that because that's what it is. NFL offseason winners or losers. Hit me up at Jeff underscore Mance. If you have more of those, hit me up in our fantasyguru.com discord as well. The Jeff Mance everywhere else. It's at Jeff underscore Mance on Twitter. The Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Remember, the time is ticking away. VIP Platinum. Get everything that we do. Fantasyguru.com. I went over it. I was transparent. You could trust the company. That's what we do. We're a professional organization. We're accredited. We're licensed and bonded, and we have all that stuff. We are place that you can hang your hat every single day. Be part of our community over at fantasyguru.com. 50% off all of our baseball packages and or VIP platinum. I strongly, if you're going to be with us for football, draft guides are more expensive this year. DFS is more expensive this year. Betting is more expensive this year for NFL. So get the VIP platinum now while you can. It's going to run out. Plat50, P-L-A-T. Five zero is the promo code. If you are already already are a subscriber, just email us support at fantasyguru.com. We'll take care of you in that way as well. Everybody want to thank uh, our producer, Sean angle. Shout out to my dude. And always making me sound good on this podcast, even though my microphone, I think is a piece of shit, but we were doing our best ladies and gentlemen. We want to keep the fantasy football conversation going. You want to keep NBA bets going, MLB bets. I'm up over 20 units in baseball, not on the season, since the second week. So a little misleading. I'm up eight units, eight units, but I was down 12. So Pappy's running hot, and I expect that trend to continue. We don't lose. Remember that. We're the elite fucking mafia. There you go. All right, that's it for episode 156. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting. Appreciate each and every one of you doing so. Go tell a friend. Let's spread the word about this podcast. Got some exciting guests lined up in the future. Also, big news this year. Not ready to announce it, but may video soon be coming to one man's opinion. Oh, we're plumb out of time, everybody. You may disagree with some or everything that you've heard on this episode and on this podcast. And folks, you know that's perfectly all right. Why? You know why? Because it's one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuce. Hey.